Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. Find out about their upcoming DU Expo at duckexpo.com and by the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources Hunter Education Program, dnr.wi.gov. I'm Dan Small, dealing with a post-sports show head cold right now, but I'll get through it. And today we'll talk to teachers at a charter school in Milwaukee with an environmental theme. We'll learn about the connection between grouse habitat and deer habitat and get an update on the DNR recruitment program for new hunters. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. It's time now for Madison Outdoors, and you hear this feature every week at this time on Fox Sports 1070 AM and on our podcast on LakeLink, iHeartRadio, OutdoorNews.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. Joining us is Pat Hasberg. He's the proprietor of DNS Bait, Tackle, and Fly Shop, located on Northport Drive on Madison's northeast side. His website is dsbait.com. He's got links to his Facebook and other social media pages there. And he has a regular weekly fishing report that he posts every Friday morning. So you want to check that out before you think about fishing in the Madison area. Well, Pat, thanks for joining us, and welcome back. Hey, always a pleasure, Dan. Well, looks like it's finally here. Ice fishing is done, hey? That's right. Yeah, it's, you know, it's sad to see it go, but, you know, we're optimistic that hopefully the ice gets off the lakes here pretty soon and, and, and folks will be able to get out in their boats. Yeah, and I listened to your report from last Friday. Lots going on, um, even though there is no ice uh, to speak of, no safe ice anymore, um, but there's some open water fishing, right? That's right. Up here on the north side, uh, you know, we've got Cherokee Marsh, and uh, they, the ice went out really quick up there. In, in a matter of a day, there was, there was folks fishing on it in the morning, and by that afternoon, there was wide open water. Hmm. Uh, so that ice can really go out quick, but that's uh, wide open now, and the, the panfish don't go anywhere. They're, they're still up there in good numbers, some crappies and bluegills. Uh, also, Monona Bay and the Triangle is also a very popular ice fishing spot. It's wide open now, and the crappies are in there, and they, they should be sticking around till mid-May when they spawn, and you know, of course, uh, game fish season is close, so no walleye or, or pike are, are, are being caught around town, but uh, the early bass season gets a lot of folks out um, around the area. And, of course, you got the rivers, uh, Wisconsin River and Rock Rivers around here, and then trout season. So there really is a lot of a lot of opportunities to fish. But, and, uh, and a lot of different options. That's that's great. Yeah, I, um, I've right. uh, been in touch with Ren Bearfield, who is back from... Arizona, and he's been out on the Mississippi River, so I'll try to get him next week. What are you hearing from the Mississippi? Well, I heard uh, they are getting some perch over there, and, uh, and I haven't even heard, you know, some folks are still getting on ice over there, but it's very sketchy, and most of that access is just by uh, airboats yeah. over there. So, yeah. But, um, you know, that ice is going to be leaving quick, as the uh, Mississippi's bound to be coming up here soon, as, as some of the snow starts to melt. And, but, uh, you know, a lot of good walleye action over there, too, and you know, I haven't heard much specifically just yet, but uh, reports are bound to start rolling in. Yeah. Now, you had some specials when we talked a couple of weeks ago. Are those over now, or you still got some deals? Yeah, actually, just today I put away all my augers and uh, put up, put those away. We, we wound up moving a bunch of those, and much tip-ups, and, uh, had, had, you know, got some folks some good deals on some stuff. But it's time to get the summer stuff out, so that's actually what I've been doing most of today is putting stuff up on shelves and taking stuff off shelves and putting it out on picks. So. I'll bet it feels good. I'll bet it feels good to it make does. that transition. Eh? It does. It's, it's a bittersweet thing. I, I do like ice fishing, and, you know, part, part of me would like would like to see the late ice uh, last a little bit longer because that's a great time, and you know, to be out on the ice uh, pan fishing. But, you know, it's, it is what it is, and the weather does what it's going to do, and, and we'll just deal with it. Yeah, looking forward to getting on the open water, so. Now, you've been out on trout streams, or at least a couple of them, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was out on uh, Gordon Creek, which is just kind of southwest of Mount Horeb here. Uh, it was, two, I guess, two Sundays ago, and we ran into some. It was a beautiful day, but, you know, we ran into a bunch of snow melts, and that'll that'll cool the streams down, turn the trout off a little bit. But we still managed a few trout, and uh, even saw some rising trout. I couldn't get them to 
couldn't get them to bite, but I did see some risers. So the and once things stabilize here a little bit, that that action's only going to improve. And this is for anyone interested in trout. This is catch and release only and artificials until opening day in May, right? That's right. Yep. Just the just the the early season trout is yeah catch and release only and, and uh, artificial lures only. But it it really is a fantastic time to get out and enjoy some beautiful scenery we have here in southern Wisconsin and and uh, you know a great opportunity to get out and cast a rod for a change. Yeah, it's been a while. Well, um, you've got some events that you mentioned in your report. Uh, so let's start with the. Capital City Muskies Inc. Muskie School next Saturday. I'll be there, and I hope I have my voice back by then. That's at Wanakee High School. There's a lot of different classes for folks there. Yeah, I think it's uh, over 30 classes they have in there, and then you know, they, of course, they got raffles and and uh, food there, and it's uh, it's a great event to get out and you know, kind of kind of get excited about uh, musky fishing and. Um, you know, obviously they bring in experts from all over the Midwest and maybe even the country. I'm not sure of the full lineup, but it really is a great opportunity to, uh, you know, convene with some fellow muskie anglers and, and, and yeah, get excited for, for open water. And people can sign up for that at muskieschool.com. They don't require pre-registration, but you can save a little money and you can guarantee a spot in the class you want if you register online. Well, you've got a spring seminar series now starting soon, right? That's right. We're happy to keep that tradition going. Gene, who ran the shop for many years, always did uh, spring and, and winter seminars. So we've got our, our spring seminar series coming up. We've got um, Austin Rogotsky, who is a local guide and, and a uh, guides walleyes down in the Rock River a lot. And he's a huge uh, fan of uh, pumping walleye flies uh, for for walleyes down there and you know that's something that's sort of new at least to this area and i know a lot of people are curious about that we sell the flies here at the shop and a lot of people do really well with walleye flies so we're excited to have him in talking about that technique then we have ron bearfield since we mentioned ron we've got ron coming in uh the week after that august or april 27th he'll be in uh just talking about uh some of his um, less conventional techniques that he uses on the Wisconsin River. He uses bass stuff to catch walleyes and walleye stuff to catch bass. And then uh, May 4th, we have Noah Humfeld in to talk about tactics uh, for the uh, spring opener for opening day. So, uh, And he, he did that presentation last year and it was very well received. So it's a good lineup we've got coming up, and we're happy to keep that going. Yeah, and you mentioned walleye tactics for bass and vice versa, and the fish don't know that that's a bass bait. <laughs> uh, <you know. laughs> right. Yeah, we I fished with Ron. Well, I haven't fished with him lately, but I fished with him several times, and we did catch walleyes on bass baits and vice versa, so I'm glad to see he's still uh-huh. doing that. Well, you also mentioned a Southern Wisconsin TU banquet later in April. That's right. I, uh, I I do sit on the board of the uh, Southern Wisconsin Trout Unlimited, and we are throwing our second annual Spring Fair fundraiser. It's our largest fundraiser of the year, and it's again, you know, similar to the Muskie School. It's just a great opportunity to get together with like-minded folks and and benefit a, a, a chapter of Trout Unlimited that does a lot of great work in Southern Southern Wisconsin. You know, not only improving access to trout streams, uh, but also just conservation in general. So uh, that is April 22nd, and if folks want to get on, a, on, go to swtu.org and pick up tickets for that. It's a great time to buy because we have early bird specials on uh, bucket raffle um, packages uh, that'll, after the, after actually after this weekend, that price will go up. So, or actually the price doesn't go up, but the amount of tickets you get uh, goes down. So, Same difference. Great <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. Well, and if people miss some of these se- uh, seminars and dates, you've got some of them posted on your front door, don't you? That's right. Yep, yeah. and they can always call the shop and you know check out our website, social media. We we post and repost all those events and try to keep people up on what's going on around the area. All right. Well, you've got bait, I presume, for folks who are looking for live bait for panfish. Absolutely, yep, and a lot of folks going up to the river. We got um, uh, magnum walleye fatheads in right now, so that's a, a fatter, more hardy walleye that's great on the river. 
little suckers for walleyes, um, you know, and, of course, crappy minnows and stuff like that, too. So, yeah, we're fully loaded and ready to get people out on the water. All righty. And your hours? Six to six every day. Sunday we close at five. All right. Well, Pat, we'll catch up with you again, and I appreciate the report. So thank you so much. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the opportunity, and it's always a pleasure talking to you. All right. Pat Hasberg with DNS Bait Tackle and Fly Shop on Northport Drive on the northeast side of Madison. His website, dsbait.com, and on Facebook, uh, you can find a link to his Facebook page and other social media at dsbait.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupie and Abraham, named best personal injury law firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupie and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupie and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit Hupie. Com. All 11 offices of Hupie and Abraham are open for business. And the firm of Hupie and Abraham has, collect, has, has paid thousands of dollars in rewards to help solve crimes in the Milwaukee area. Michael Hupie is the president of Milwaukee Crime Stoppers, and he's offering a $25,000 reward for the next anonymous tip that solves a homicide case. So if you get such a tip, visit Milwaukee Crime Stoppers. Dot com. Maybe you'll collect twenty-five grand. Well, joining me from Wisconsin Rapids, about to leave for the first of his tournaments this year, Jeff Kelm. Yeah, Dan, I'm ready for the uh, Masters Walleye Circuit, right? And right after that, the National Walleye Tour. Wow. Yeah, and uh, they kind of. They follow each other, don't they? These tournaments. Well, they, they, these this one did. Um, it was uh, it was just coincidence, I suppose. You know, we've taken over running the National Walleye Tour, and their schedule came out. We noticed that it was, you know, back to back with the Masters Walleye Circuit, and so when we took it over, it just happened to just work out that way. So uh, we've got some crews that'll stay down in Spring Valley, Illinois, between the two of them, and I'm gonna run back and forth, dropping some crew and staff off, and picking new staff up, and It'll be, uh, yeah, but it'll be, it'll be a good time. It's always, you know, going on the road is the fun part of the whole job. Uh, you know, being at the tournaments is the fun part. Uh, all of the paperwork, all of the permitting and, and, uh, uh, all of that stuff is, is the stuff that has to get done, but the fun stuff is being on the road. Well, yes, and you do that well, and I'm sure most people, especially listeners who don't go to tournaments, have no idea what's going on behind the scenes to put a tournament like that together. So, yeah. And hey, I heard you on Chasen Walters' podcast talking about the MWC, and I guess you're going to talk about the other tournament uh, series next week. Yeah, National Walleye Tour. Yeah, just a just a brief 60 second uh, piece about what the season looks like for the Masters Walleye Circuit and the national walleye tour and welcome anybody that wants to come and fish with either one it's going to be a great year uh we've got some uh some fantastic locations you know a couple times out to lake erie and uh you know <laughs> lake erie the numbers come came out just a few weeks ago uh, another record year for the amount of fish that are in that body of water and you know i'm still convinced you could drag an empty hook through that water and, and still get fish to eat it so um uh, it'll, it should be a lot of fun. You know, this, this event here in Spring Valley, Illinois, that's, that's Sauger Central. It's, mm-hmm. it's incredible to see that Sauger population. I, I don't know of too many other places, uh, I suppose in the world that you're going to find that concentration of Saugers. So it's pretty cool to see all of them come across the board. Well, Lake of the Woods has plenty of Saugers, but I wouldn't say they're concentrated because it's a big body of water. Sure, sure, yep. Well, I, I ran into Todd Forcier at the sports show. I had a couple of minutes to chat with him, and uh, he's your ice fishing 
partner and, and your your tournament partner and also your buddy for ice fishing just for fun. Yeah, yeah. He's uh he's a great guy, great musky guide yeah. um as well. That's really where he's uh you know, cut his teeth and, and really uh found a lot of his success and I mean he's been guiding for thirty years for muskies and uh now that he's done with the fire department he's able to spread out a little bit more, do some of the walleye and, and stuff. He's got a little more time on the water, but um I'm sure you guys had a good conversation. I picked his brain a little bit about muskies on the Wisconsin River, and I plan to give that a try again. I haven't been back there since we did that segment for Outdoor Wisconsin with sure. you and Todd uh, yeah. several years ago. Well, assuming I get over this head cold, and I always sound worse when I'm getting better, but next Saturday I'll be teaching a musky fly fishing seminar at the Capital City or Capital Lakes no, it is Capital City. Capital City Chapter of Muskies, Inc. Muskie School at Wanaki High School. There's still time to register, folks. You can do that at muskieuniversity.com. And that afternoon, that same day, I'll be at the Milwaukee Chapter of Great Lakes Sport Fisherman Open House at the New Berlin Ale House, 16,000 West Cleveland Avenue in New Berlin. Doors open at 7 a.m. Bucket Raffles Exhibitors. Charter Captain Dan Keating is speaking in the morning, and I'll be there from, as soon as I get there, roughly 1 o'clock to 4 p.m., talking about 50 years of Wisconsin outdoor adventures. Hard to believe I've been doing it that long. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that'll be a, a day typical uh, of your travel, you know. <laughs> Back <laughs> and forth, a lot, lot, lot of windshield time, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, folks, coming up, two staff members of the Tamarack Waldorf Skill school in Milwaukee are going to talk about that school's environmental focus. Rough Grouse Society Forest Conservation Director for the Upper Midwest and Great Lakes, John Steigerwald, tells us how improving habitat for deer also benefits rough grouse. And DNR R3 Team Supervisor Bob Knack provides an update on new hunter recruitment. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. The Wisconsin Open Season Sportsman's Expo, presented by Progressive and Can-Am, returns to Kalahari Resorts and Conventions in the Wisconsin Dells, March 24th through 26th. Come see the latest products, gear, and equipment for hunting and outdoor enthusiasts. Try before you buy cutting-edge products and shop special show-only pricing. Also, bring your buck for scoring in the trophy deer contest. Purchase tickets in advance online at OpenSeasonSportsmansExpo.com. The Wisconsin Open Season Sportsman's Expo is presented by Progressive and Can-Am. Attention future hunters, hunting season for turkey, small game, and deer is right around the corner. Don't wait to think about hunter education. The time to enroll is now. The Wisconsin DNR offers several options to choose from, making it easier than ever to enroll. Just browse for upcoming youth or adult hunter education classes at gowild.wi.gov and join the ranks of today's hunter education graduates who are ensuring the safe future of our hunting heritage. Classes fill up quickly, so don't wait. Enroll today. A message from Wisconsin DNR. For the nonprofit Rough Grouse Society, the well-being of the rough grouse and American woodcock is a special priority. But the society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Rough Grouse Society toll-free at 888 join RGS. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90 plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. 
Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. The rough grouse and American woodcock societies have been improving habitat for grouse, woodcock, and other forest wildlife for more than 60 years. You can learn more or join RGS at roughgrousesociety.org. And joining me now from northern Wisconsin is John Steigerwald. He's the Great Lakes and Upper Midwest Forest Conservation Director for the Rough Grouse and American Woodcock Societies. John, welcome back, and thanks for joining us again on the Outdoors Radio Network. Good to be back, Dan. I understand you're in the process of hiring some new staff. In fact, you've got one new person already on board. Uh, What's going on? We've got some brand new positions that we are hiring for and have hired for. We have a brand new gentleman on the Ottawa National Forest in in the Western UP uh, working with the Forest Service to help implement a new agreement that we have with the Ottawa National Forest related to rough grouse and wildlife habitat improvement work on that forest. Brand new position, brand new staff member that we've hired on by the name of Seth Finkel, who's currently working out of the Kenton Ranger District. Okay. And then positions in Wisconsin soon to be filled as well, right? We are. Actually, as of recording this, tomorrow we'll be conducting interviews to hire two brand new positions in Wisconsin as well. One will be based out of Hayward. The other one will be based out of Rhinelander. And these positions we've formed in partnership with the Wisconsin DNR to actually be based out of Wisconsin DNR offices and work with local and regional staff of the Wisconsin DNR to help implement several different projects and project types in in northern Wisconsin, including private lands work through the Deer Management Assistance Program. Uh, The other part of the work is going to be really looking at uh, and implementing state, county, and federal work with those different partners, as well as helping to engage industrial forests in managing their properties for wildlife habitat. Now, some people might go, wait a minute, this is a rough grouse position, and yet you're, you're going to be working for the DNR or with the DNR on the Deer Management Assistance Program. Make the connection for us. That question often comes up, and why would would RGS be undertaking such an initiative? Well, the true answer is that they're all forest wildlife. There are definitely cross-benefits for managing rough grouse with deer and deer for rough grouse. Part of what we are hoping to, to assist private landowners with through the Deer Management Assistance Program is looking at things like forest regeneration and especially in oak forests, you know, we might have private landowners who have property that that is all one timber type, and within that timber type, there might be areas of the property that could be timber harvested to create young forest habitat that would not only benefit rough grouse uh, as part of their property management, but also create some bedding and escape cover for white-tailed deer. There's definitely these cross-benefits we can find managing one flagship species to benefit other flagship species. We're actually largely engaged as the lead on a large moose habitat restoration project in northeast Minnesota. There's a good story to tell about how rough grouse can be the bellwether for forest health and managing for rough grouse and other species can really benefit each other. Years ago, and it's I think it's still true, Rough grouse biologist Gordon Gullion told us that small clear cuts in checkerboard patterns are best for grouse. So you have mixed age classes. Do people still believe that? And is that going to benefit deer as well? It is very much true. It's not only that checkerboard pattern. You know, there, there's a couple of reasons for it. It's helping to ensure that you have future timber to draw from to create young forest habitat while allowing other timber nearby to continue to grow and mature so that it becomes ready for for harvesting the timber to continually create those diverse age classes on the forest. But the other part of it is actually managing that diversity of of age classes in relative proximity to one another. The word is interspersion of where those different age classes come together to meet the full suite of requirements that 
rough grouse and other species have within a generally small area. The idea being that we could assist private landowners manage their property for maximizing diversity of age classes and forest structure that, again, would, would definitely benefit rough grouse along that Gillian model of forest wildlife management, but also have these extra benefits for species like white-tailed deer. Interesting. Okay. We're hoping to get them started actually within the next month. Uh-huh. And then, of course, there's going to be a little bit of onboarding period and time associated with it. But we do want to get the word out about these positions and, and make people aware of their contact information, how to find these individuals and contact them for assistance managing their, their properties through the, the Deer Management Assistance Program. Best way to stay connected, follow Rough Girl Society on social media, Instagram, Facebook, go to our, our Rough Girl Society website, and of course, become a member. Best way to stay informed and update on these new positions. Very good. Well, let's talk about the birds themselves now. We've had a lot of snow up north. My son lives in Bayfield, and although he's a skier and snowboarder and he's out every chance he gets, he's getting a little tired of it, and I imagine others are too, and that's got to have an impact on the timing of the woodcock migration because they come north from Louisiana for the most part, don't they? Well, Louisiana, uh, Texas, Gulf Coast, migrating up to the Great Lakes. There's all kinds of cabin fever going on up here with how much snow we've been getting into late winter. Snow is definitely keeping the woodcock migration at bay. However, your listeners may have seen on social media you know, other regions of the eastern United States where woodcock have already moved in and maybe individuals have maybe started finding painting woodcock uh, that have already fully migrated. But here is just it's being pushed out a little bit more because of, of the snow depth that we have. And what kind of impact would it have on grouse drumming and uh, nesting? It could have a similar impact compared to previous years. We're definitely, you know, you look at the past two years, we had relatively dry springs. It might be a little bit concerning this amount of precipitation going into spring, how long the snow might be sticking around. But, you know, at the end of the day, rough grouse, they're very robust species. They're the most widely distributed upland game bird in North America. They can weather these types of type of snow events just fine. If their nesting gets pushed off, it's not going to be a large detriment to rough grouse. Rough grouse, like many other game bird species and non-game bird species, if their nests fail in that springtime, you know they will actually attempt to re-nest. So there's plenty of time this spring yet for rough grouse. It's just a little more deep snow than maybe we we anticipate or hope for. But there are those benefits, you know, especially now we've got lots of soft, fluffy snow of these past few storms we've gotten up here in northwest Wisconsin. Plenty of good snow for rough grouse to, to snow roost in. Shouldn't be a problem. All right. Anything else you want to share with us before we let you go? Encourage folks, your folks and listeners to join Rough Grouse Society. Keep in touch with, with what programs we have going on uh, here in the Great Lakes safe. All right. Well, John, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again next month, maybe after the snow is gone. We'll see. Sounds good. John Steigerwald, he is the Great Lakes and Upper Midwest Forest Conservation Director for the Rough Grouse and American Woodcock Societies. And as he mentioned, you can get contact information for the new positions, the people in those new positions, and learn all about what's going on with the Rough Grouse and American Woodcock Societies online at roughgrousesociety.org. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. And joining me now from Milwaukee are Dorothy Kalki. She's the Outreach Coordinator for the Tamarack Waldorf School. And Peter DeBoer, who's Upper Grade Science and Place-Based Learning Teacher for Tamarack Waldorf School, located on Brady Street in Milwaukee. Well, Dorothy and Peter, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network. Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure. Dorothy, let's start with you. What is a Waldorf school? So, Waldorf schools were founded in the early 1900s by a man named Rudolf Steiner, 
his vision was to create a school curriculum and environment that would allow a child to be viewed as a whole person. He was interested in educating not just their mind, but also their physical being, also their spiritual being as well. He thought you can't really educate a person without looking at that whole aspect of a person. Waldorf schools have been around since uh, 1919. Tamarack, which is the only Waldorf school in Milwaukee, there are a few others in Wisconsin as well. We've been around since 1996, and we've been in our current location since 2002. We're a K-8 school, and we really focus on nature-based learning. We focus on really building a curriculum that allows the children to have a strong sense of social responsibility. We want independent and critical thinkers. So that's really the focus of our school. Arts is integrated into the curriculum as well. It's a very holistic kind of approach to education. Okay, and we have a Waldorf school in southwest Wisconsin, in Viroqua. I live about 10 miles from there. That is, I think, the first Waldorf school in Wisconsin. Is that right? Yeah. They do a lot of good things here. Peter, we will get to you and talk about what you teach and how you teach, but Dorothy... Before that, I understand that Tamarack has been nominated by the state of Wisconsin as a U.S. Department of Education's Green Ribbon School. Tell us about that. So Wisconsin has a program called the Green and Healthy Schools Program. And so schools are encouraged to send an application to them, and they will rate the school on a tiered system and then also provide opportunities and suggestions for them to become even more eco-conscious within their building. So we submitted an application last year. We received their second tier. So when we resubmitted the application this year, we just went a little bit more in-depth with what we were doing. We increased the number of hours that we're having our students outside even more so than we were just more intentional about it um, in this year's scheduling. And so I think that really kind of brought attention to the school. And so out of all the schools in Wisconsin, they nominate five to the U.S. Department of Education for this Green Ribbon nomination. What happens after that? I mean, we get a plaque and a banner. <laughs> if we do have a nom- the nomination you know, accepted, we're given that, we um, can go to Washington, D.C. in the summer and take part in a ceremony there, and then there's some other accolades that occur during the next school year here in Wisconsin. We go to the State of Education Address in Madison. There's an award ceremony in La Crosse in November as well. It's just a nice little token of awareness of what we're doing. It's nice that we're able to share that we are doing these things and that, you know, there are simple changes that people can make within their school environment to make the world a better place in in a small way. Uh Aha. Okay. Well, Peter, let's talk about some of the curriculum and what you do there. You teach science and place-based learning. What is that? You can start with the science content, I guess, first. I mean, as Dorothy described, Waldorf schools are known for being very interdisciplinary and holistic, and certainly in terms of all of our middle school, middle grade science content starts in fifth and sixth grade here and runs through eighth. We offer a lot of integrated environmental science. This even plays into the student experience broader than just our actual science classes, particularly in geography, but also in history. There is a lot of what would be considered environmental science and and physical geography that takes place. I think our students get a really rich experience in that regard. To that, we have a dedicated scheduling space for place-based learning where students are entirely not only out of the classroom, but out of the school and into the neighborhood. As an urban school in, in the city of Milwaukee specifically, it, we feel it's really important to get each of our students regular contact with city green spaces. Not only is that good for the students themselves, just in terms of physical and emotional health, it's really also important in terms of general awareness about these resources. They could easily be missed, and Milwaukee's probably not exceptional, but it certainly does a reasonably good job of identifying and protecting green spaces. And we really feel like particularly the ones close to us should be a part of our educational experience. Since we're a school in a neighborhood. Last year, we really pioneered that work, and this year, we've continued to develop it. We actually have three teachers who are involved in that work, and it takes every every grade, one through eight, out of the classroom multiple times a week to get an opportunity to experience these unique Milwaukee green spaces. 
Yes, and you mentioned Milwaukee Green Spaces, and I'm very familiar with some of them because I was on the board, in fact, the, the founding board of what became Milwaukee Riverkeeper. It was Friends of the Menominee River way, way back when Bob Boucher came up with the idea, and it has evolved into Milwaukee Riverkeeper and has uh, national recognition now. And I was also with the river revitalization folks. Milwaukee has some great green spaces, some great parks. How do you use them in your teaching? Yeah, you mentioned Milwaukee's riverways. We're located very, very close to the Milwaukee River, and we regularly use the Milwaukee River Greenway Corridor as an outdoor classroom. Um, we regularly use it as, as a hiking opportunity. Much of our place-based learning takes students out for hiking experiences. We would consider those not only as opportunities to interface with the environment, but just as general physical activities. As often as not, it's just getting out for a hike in various weather conditions and experiencing nature and all it has to offer. Sometimes we'll actually combine other content with those experiences, and the Milwaukee River is just one of the spaces that we regularly utilize. Another one is, of course, the beautiful lakefront at Lake Michigan, which offers us some fabulous green space opportunities. And how do your students respond to these outdoor, non-classroom, but outdoor teaching opportunities? Well, you know, it's a lot like the way students respond to all experiences. Sometimes they love it, and sometimes they don't. My students will regularly say, isn't it too cold to go outside? Isn't it too rainy? And, you know, that's part of the experience is getting out in those various conditions. It's like education in general, I think. But overall, I think if you ask the students who have experienced this over the course of the last couple of years, particularly this component of getting out of school, I do think they appreciate the opportunity even some of those that are reluctant to, to get out and be active, I think in the long run really appreciate the fact that it's a regular part of their school day experience. And I understand you have a garden as well. We do. We keep a small garden in conjunction with one of our neighboring parks. We don't have full management of that park unit, but we have been graciously allowed to keep a small garden there. And Tamarack, throughout its 20 years plus, has had a couple of different pioneering gardening attempts. Waldorf schools quite commonly integrate gardening and agriculture into their experience. The Pleasant Ridge School that you mentioned earlier in Viroqua is another example of a Waldorf school that has a pretty rich gardening background. Yes, it, it is. Well, what it, does the future look like for Tamarack and for your students? I certainly hope it's a bright future myself. I, I really consider us to be pioneers. And I think right now, education in general really requires a fresh look. We're coming off a couple of challenging years post-COVID, and I think it has really transformed how the teaching industry, how the educational community operates. And so I think schools like Tamarack that do things differently really have a voice like we've never had before. And so I hope that not only can we continue to provide a great experience for the families that choose to send their kids here, but I hope that we have the opportunity to make new connections and branch out in new directions and help other institutions take the kind of brave steps that I think they need to to make education an experience that's bigger than the classroom. And how can someone learn more or possibly learn enough about Waldorf schools and about Tamarack in particular to consider sending uh, one of their children there? If you go to our website, it's tamarackwaldorf.org. I'm regularly giving tours. Right now, enrollment season is open. If you click on the enrollment tab and click schedule a tour, I would be setting up a time to um, have somebody come in and tour with me around the school. You'll get to really see the classes in action and see how we make this school such a great place for kids to learn. Well, we're going to have to wrap this up, but Dorothy and Peter, thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your history about Tamarack Waldorf School and the news about your nomination for this prestigious award, and maybe some folks will check you out, and maybe you'll have some more students uh, next year. Great. We hope so. Thank you so much, Dan. You're, you're welcome, Dan. It was a pleasure. Peter DeBoer and Dorothy Kalki both work at the Tamarack Waldorf School in Milwaukee. If you want to learn more, 
go to tamarackwaldorf.org. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Flow has made world-class recreational and utility trailers for 40 years, and the industry-leading innovations keep on coming. Choose an all-aluminum UT model or Cargo Max, the only utility trailer with a molded polymer bed, integrated sides, and an engineered aluminum frame. With either one, you'll know you don't have just any old trailer. If a new trailer is on your mind, check out floeintl.com. Flow trailers where the rubber meets the road. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Introducing the all-new OutdoorNews.com. The most trusted source for all things out of doors in the Great Lakes region just got better. At OutdoorNews.com, you'll now have full access to every outdoor news story, breaking news and updates, our comprehensive fishing and hunting reports, pro tips, and much more for our seven-state region and beyond. Top hunters and anglers look to Outdoor News to keep them up to date and ahead of the crowd. Now it's easier than ever with the all-new OutdoorNews.com. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN. RGS. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. This next segment is brought to you by the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources, encouraging you to hunt safely and to introduce someone new to hunting this year. You can learn more at dnr.wi.gov, keywords, learn to hunt. And joining me now is Bob Knack, our three team supervisor for the DNR. Bob, thanks for joining us, and welcome back to the Outdoors Radio Network. Yeah, hi, Dan. Happy to be here, and thanks for having me. You bet. Now, I ran into you at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel Sports Show last weekend, but we only had a brief moment to chat. As far as talking with you on the radio, that was about a year ago last time we talked, and a lot has happened since then. Can you fill us in on what you've been up to and your department has been up to since then? Yeah, it's been just about a year since the last time you and I talked, and I think at that time I was introducing myself being new to this position, and so been a year, and you know, I've used that year to listen and learn from my staff that are already involved with this program, and also taking the opportunity to interact a lot with our hunting, fishing, trapping public, trying to understand their needs and interests as well. It's been a great community to, to certainly be working with. So just a couple of key things, I guess, that happened over the, the last year that people should be aware of. At that time, we were coming out of the health pandemic fog and questions surrounding in-person programs and kind of getting our feet underneath us a little bit to pick that ball up and get it rolling again. And a lot of our, our most popular events, at least in the Learn to Hunt world, revolve around the turkey season. DNR staff and many partners out there last year and once again this year are very busy putting on Learn to Turkey Hunt events for novice hunters. And so that's always exciting, and I know a lot of people are, are extremely interested in providing that level of service. A few other things that we've been working on over the year, especially as it relates to the programs, many of you may be familiar with the Learn to Hunt Fair program. 
that the department provides. And, and again, coming on the heels of the health pandemic, we thought it was a good opportunity to do a check-in and, and maybe a review of that program. And so we've been working with partners that are extremely involved with Learn to Hunt Bear programs to talk about you know, opportunities for improvements and kind of where do we go from here. So more to come on that in the future, but we've spent some time doing that. In addition, thinking of programs, this fall, our staff typically wouldn't get involved in, in multi-day programs with individuals and people really enjoy those. However, there is a big time commitment there as well in organizing and, and we thought, well, Maybe there's an opportunity to do just one-day programs for people that have challenging schedules, and those are also a little bit easier for us to coordinate. And so in addition to the learn to hunt, pheasants, deer, you name the species, we also put on a couple one-day workshops around the state. The two areas that we focused on were learning how to shoot, and so we worked at some of the local shooting ranges and with their staff and teaching novice people how to shoot rifles and shotguns. And then the other focus area that was even more popular was learning to butcher your deer. Uh-huh. We know that's kind of a lost art, especially with new hunters that have no one to teach them. Certainly a strong interest in consuming venison and preparing your own food, and people are concerned about chronic wasting disease. It's a nice opportunity for them to learn how to, how to butcher and process their own venison. So those were really well attended as well. Uh-huh. I have not tried to do a count of deer processing outfits around the state, but I have the impression that there are fewer than there used to be commercial processors. And the cost, like everything else, has gone up, so there's probably even more incentive to butcher your own deer now. Yeah, that's true. I think that from what I'm hearing from our wildlife management staff, the number of processors is going down. If you can't find somebody to do it, you're going to have to learn to do it yourself. And so we focus on that subject area. And we're not the only ones. I know the National Deer Association and some of the local sporting goods stores also put on those types of workshops. So it's really great to see you know, that hunting community evolving around what they're seeing on the landscape. Absolutely. Bob, I understand that most of the hunter education instructors are, gosh, they're baby boomers or even older. Are you facing a challenge to get new people into this very important activity? Yeah, you know, I think recruiting volunteer instructors is is always a challenge, but it seems like society today that rely on volunteers are experiencing that challenge as well. And so I I don't think it's necessarily exclusive to the hunter education program. It's something that a lot of organizations and programs are experiencing. But we're taking a few steps in order to try to recruit more instructors. And you may have seen the billboards up around the state and or some communication on getting involved as an instructor through your media channels. The other thing that we're doing as well, we'll start seeing more staff at public events using what we're calling welcome centers. Hunter Education and R3 welcome centers to interact with the public and answer questions and engage people interested in becoming a volunteer, giving them a face to talk to and to answer questions. We'll be more involved uh, at some of those public events in that way. And then the other way that our staff are really focusing on is working in local communities to find groups of volunteers that are willing to work together to put on hunter education programs. That's a little bit more difficult to do at a public event like the sports show where you might be just having individual conversations with people. Our outdoor skills trainers are active in their communities and, again, always looking out for people that express interest. Uh huh. Well, you've mentioned a few things that are coming up. Is there anything else um, you're looking forward to in the next year or so? Yeah, I sure am. We're constantly learning and adapting and finding new ways to get people engaged in the outdoors. And a couple things that I wanted to mention. One is that we've gone to advertising our learn to hunt, learn to fish, and even some of our instructor certification opportunities on the DNR events calendar. And so this is the main events calendar for all of the department. In the past, uh, we would have things on individual web pages, but people go to the main events calendar for the department and just search for hunting or fishing, you know, whatever their interest is, they should be able to find the programs that are available. The other thing that I'm looking forward to is increasing our capacity to provide more programs and to support our public shooting ranges. Our team was mostly focused in the Madison and Milwaukee area. We're looking to add positions 
that would demonstrate support for our shooting ranges at the statewide level, some oversight there, but also at the field level as well. And working with partner organizations that are interested in supporting learn to hunt, learn to fish, learn to trap type events, kind of a, a shared contribution on future positions. I think the future is bright, and those are a couple things that I'm really looking forward to. All right. Well, before we let you go, turkey season is coming up, and leftover permits go on sale on Monday. I imagine you're looking forward to it. Certainly am. I'm really excited about the turkey season. It's a big event for our family. My wife and two daughters are turkey hunters as well. It's kind of nice to shake off the doldrums of a long winter and get out in the turkey woods in April and May and spend some time outdoors. Yeah, we're pretty excited about it. All right. Well, Bob, we're going to let you go, and we will talk to another DNR representative in the next couple of weeks as we get ready for turkey season. We'll probably talk about turkey hunting safety next time. So thank you so much. Yep, thanks for having me. You bet. Bob Knack is the R3 team supervisor for the Department of Natural Resources. You can learn about the things we've talked about and more on the DNR website, dnr.wi.gov and if you type in keywords learn to hunt you can get all that information and if you click on the event calendar you can find out what's going on in the DNR and with their programs. I'm Dan Small you are listening to Outdoors Radio Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Flow has made world-class recreational and utility trailers for 40 years, and the industry-leading innovations keep on coming. Choose an all-aluminum UT model or Cargo Max, the only utility trailer with a molded polymer bed, integrated sides, and an engineered aluminum frame. With either one, you'll know you don't have just any old trailer. If a new trailer is on your mind, check out floeintl.com. Flow trailers, where the rubber meets the road. Attention future hunters, hunting season for turkey, small game, and deer is right around the corner. Don't wait to think about hunter education. The time to enroll is now. The Wisconsin DNR offers several options to choose from, making it easier than ever to enroll. Just browse for upcoming youth or adult hunter education classes at gowild.wi.gov and join the ranks of today's hunter education graduates who are ensuring the safe future of our hunting heritage. Classes fill up quickly, so don't wait. Enroll today. A message from Wisconsin DNR. The Wisconsin Open Season Sportsman's Expo, presented by Progressive and Can-Am, returns to Kalahari Resorts and Conventions in the Wisconsin Dells, March 24th through 26th. Come see the latest products, gear, and equipment for hunting and outdoor enthusiasts. Try before you buy cutting-edge products and shop special show-only pricing. Also, bring your buck for scoring in the Trophy Deer Contest. Purchase tickets in advance online at OpenSeasonSportsmansExpo.com. The Wisconsin Open Season Sportsman's Expo is presented by Progressive and Can-Am. Introducing the all-new OutdoorNews.com, the most trusted source for all things out of doors in the Great Lakes region just got better. At OutdoorNews.com, you'll now have full access to every outdoor news story, breaking news and updates, our comprehensive fishing and hunting reports, pro tips, and much more for our seven-state region and beyond. Top hunters and anglers look to Outdoor News to keep them up to date and ahead of the crowd. Now it's easier than ever with the all-new OutdoorNews.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Jeff Kelm. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. We're also brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. Find out about their upcoming DU Expo at duckexpo.com. That's DucksDuckExpo.com. And by the Wisconsin DNR Hunter Education Program. Want to go hunting? Sign up for hunter education or learn to hunt classes at dnr.wi.gov. And speaking of Cedar Lake sales, if you buy a new Crestliner now, you can get instant cash back through the end of the month. The folks at Cedar Lake sales are also gearing up for their launch into summer event April 3rd through the 8th with seminars on the 8th. That's a Saturday, I believe. 
check their website or Facebook page for details. I saw them at the sports show, and they did quite well. They sold a number of boats and had a good time. And I think actually everybody I talked to had a good time there. I happened to stop by the Mercury booth just at the very end of the day on, I think it was Friday or Saturday, and the show director, Stephen Buzza, came up with a best-of-show plaque that he presented to Debbie... Um, Prepke? Prepke. Yeah. That he presented to Debbie Prepke for uh, their display. And I told him, you know, I always come through the... I make a point to detour through the Mercury display because they have the best carpet with the best foam padding <laughs> of any display at the show. And I wouldn't be surprised. Well, they did a nice job, but... I'll bet the carpet had something to do with it, too. Well, our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, may, may not be airing where you live now, but you can watch past episodes at milwaukeepbs.org. And our Deer Hunt Wisconsin show, the last several years of shows, all those are archived on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel, Deer Hunt Wisconsin TV on YouTube. And you can find uh, this show, uh, this this particular episode, and past episodes up to... Uh, about a year ago on Lakelink. Go to lake-link.com and you can find, uh, you can download, uh, this show and, uh, take us with you. Listen at your leisure. You can find Dan on social media at Dan Small Outdoors and find me at Hardwater Jeff. And our show is also available as a podcast on the new Outdoor News website, outdoornews.com. Just click on the tab that says podcasts and you'll get uh, a link to our podcast and also to Rob Dreeslines and uh, several others as well. You might find them interesting. DNR Fisheries personnel are hosting the second of four public meetings on Lake Michigan Lake Trout. Next one is this coming Monday, March 20th at 6 p.m. at Lakeshore Tech in Cleveland, Wisconsin. You can attend in person or virtually, but you should register on the DNR website under keywords Lake Michigan Lake Trout, if you want to have some input there. The meetings are geared toward commercial harvest, but sport fishermen might find them interesting as well. Well, Jeff, don't forget leftover turkey permits go on sale on Monday, March 20th at 10 a.m. for Zone 1 and Zone 2 on Tuesday and so on through the week. Then all remaining permits go on sale, I believe, on Saturday. I'm going Mm -hmm. to grab at least one. I may grab one for Zone 4 up near where Dave Roll lives because I happened to meet a gentleman. I'm not going to name him, but I met a guy while having breakfast several days in a row at the Pegasus right across from State Fair Park. We got talking deer and turkeys, and he's got some land up there near Dave's, and he said, well, maybe I'll buy a permit this year. You can come on up and hunt, so I'm looking forward to that. Can you read those other two? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dan, not not a problem. Just a little bit of a cold there, I understand. Uh, we've got uh, a couple things going on. DNR accepting entries in the Air, uh, Air, Air Everywhere Poetry Contest. That's now through Friday, May 5th, day before the opening of the Inland Game Fishing Season. So uh, I guess it would be easy to remember. Contest is open from 3rd to 5th graders. Details on the DNR website. Keywords. Air Quality Poetry Contest. And we got the Trempolo County littering case. Uh, if people have heard about this, it's morphed into uh, a lot of different violations, including attempted break-in of uh, payment lockboxes um, and uh, bow hunting for deer over illegal bait without a license uh, because license was suspended. Um, and then the property wasn't even open to hunting, shooting an antler- antlerless deer. A lot of stuff going on. Besides the fact that he was a felon in possession of a firearm and uh, stealing doors from his truck yeah. <laughs> from a salvage yeah. yard. Unbelievable. I think he just figured, you know what? Why just commit one violation? I might as well go for broke. Well, he's going to broke now, for sure. Yeah. And uh, the Wisconsin Wildlife Federation is launching a new podcast recorded at Milford Hills Hunt Club and uh, featuring waterfall expert Mark Kakich and DNR big uh, uh, game bird ecologist uh, Taylor Finger. Check out the uh, WIWF.org for that. One more, you do it too. 
All right, our theme music is by Warren Nelson. Don't forget to check out Warren and his friends as they present a series of concerts this spring. Uh, next up will be Sunday, March 19th. That's this Sunday. Uh, Warren and friends will be at the uh, Park Theater in Hayward for a matinee concert at 3 p.m. For upcoming events, visit warrennelson.com and click on the media page. I'm Jeff Kelm. Dan, you rest up, man. <laughs> Thank we'll, you. Uh, we'll try this all again next all week. Right. Get outside this weekend and be sure to join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. When my wrist gets a little chilly on the gunnel, when my lazy Ike is just too lazy to lure. When the worms go dry in the coffee can, honey, I'll be 